In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had. Everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Turn Up the Volumes. My name is Tori. And I'm Evelyn. And we are so excited to start our very first full-length episode. And I am so excited to start with one of my favorite books, The Great Gatsby. Yay! <laughs> By F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes. <laughs> So this book is so amazing. It takes place in one of my favorite time periods, the Roaring Twenties, right in the beginning of it. And what makes the Roaring Twenties so special is that it was a time of excess. Now, it happened right after the Great War or World War I, which another time you see a time of great excess is the baby boom after World War II. It's a very similar type of uh, thing that happens after a war when everybody comes home and there's a lot of money in the economy and everybody's excited to be home and this is what we're seeing in The Great Gatsby. So there is wealth, there is excitement, the world is changing, politics are changing, and something that really affected the 20s was prohibition that started Mm -hmm. in January of 1920 and didn't end until 1933 the tail end of that i think in december and that's where uh all alcohol sales and production were banned and a lot of people stockpiled tons and tons of alcohol (laughs) and so people were not without alcohol but it became a huge deal in the black market and bootlegging was in a I wouldn't say an all-time high, but it was at a pretty big high. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But other things, the modern woman was introduced. Uh, A lot of people think of flappers from the 20s, which wasn't the norm, but women were working more, and they didn't have as many chores to do around the house because of appliances starting to come in a little bit more. And that's just a little bit about the 20s. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. known for kind of its glitz and just everybody was drunk and everybody was driving cars. Cars were huge then. (laughs) I guess I don't associate, like, drunk people with glitz, but, like, you know, it was definitely what seems like a wild time. Yes. it's That's how I would describe (laughs) the 20s as a wild time. (laughs) And, you know, I think it's interesting to recognize and point out that when F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote this book and published it, it was published in 1925. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it was happening in the 20s. This was a modern book of its time. Yes. You know? So it's like if somebody were to write a book about 2020 right now. Yes, exactly. Like, he just had lived through that period, saw all the different things that had happened over the first five years of 1920, 1921, 22, 23, 24, 25, you know? Right. And he saw just just everything that went down and said, I have to write something about this. And we got this amazing book out of it. (laughs) Right. So, 
saying that is we're so. going to be starting with the first four chapters, and I yes, am I hope you got your copies. Book. Yes, I really hope you guys have read <laughs> along with us. Not that and we judge at our you. questions. <laughs> we're not judging, yeah. This we is don't a no judge, judge if you zone. didn't read, but... We're just glad that you're joining along, you know, listening to our podcast. Reading would be nice, but not everybody has the time. Whatever. Yes, we understand. So, <laughs> yes, but we're starting with the first four chapters. I am re I am rereading this currently. Evelyn read this for the first time. So, Evelyn, tell yes. me about your initial thoughts as a first-time reader. Yeah, well, you know, there are really so many pop culture references to this book that I've, I've definitely had some ideas about what it was going to be about or you know I knew little things but it was really interesting reading this for the first time and also not being a high school student reading it for the first time being forced to read it or anything we just read it like of our own accord and I really enjoyed it I thought it was a really great read and really fast too it's like fast paced you can sit down and read it in a few hours or whatever yes exactly I absolutely love everything this book says about like America and society during that time. It's just rereading it was so nostalgic for me. Like it was I read it at a very pivotal point in my life. I think it was like freshman, sophomore year, somewhere in that area. Um back when I was just really kind of figuring out what I wanted to do in my life and what I kind of person I wanted to be and reading this book at that time right. was just so exciting. <laughs> Um, right, it's kind of like your little window or a little glimpse into the past. Yes, exactly. So I am so excited to dive in with you guys because yeah, let's do it. Let's just let's just start. <laughs> let's let's get on with it. So I'm down for this. Yes. So let's start. I with got chapter my notes. One. Yes. I literally the first <laughs> the first four chapters of my book. It has like a billion notes. If we haven't posted a picture yet, I'll have to show you guys what my book looks like. It's yes. a disaster, but it's my disaster. So <laughs> okay, yeah. So chapter one. Let's do this. Yes. Any thoughts? Any initial thoughts on chapter one for you? Okay, so I felt like as most books do. Um, there was a ton of exposition kind of trying to catch the reader up. To like the whole first the, chapter. The whole first chapter was just catching yes. us up to these characters' lives. Which I always have a fun time with, but I also struggle with a little bit because I'm like, I want to kind of get into the action Like, just all. jump into it. But I do feel yes. like he did a really great job, you know, even though there was a lot of exposition it really, by the time you finished reading it, you already felt like you knew the characters that were yes. in play. Yes. He did a very good, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald did a really good job of really putting us in their lives very quickly, which I did appreciate it because the book is so short. It's a novel. Right. He had right. to. And he does it very creatively. He doesn't like, I think the only character he describes in great detail is Tom Buchanan. Like, he tells us, like, what color hair he has, what he's wearing. That's the first and only character that he decides to just go off on. Yes. Okay. Um, Interesting choice, but all right. Which I have thoughts of why he does that. But um, I think he does that because Tom is a very two-dimensional character, I would say. Like, he doesn't have, like, three to four sides. He really just has, like, the two and so who does he remind you of? I feel like he reminds me of somebody and I cannot put my finger on it. It's probably another fictional character. <laughs> probably. He does have that like 
very specific character vibe, like a definite, definitely a trope of some kind. Yes. Um, but yeah, he just, I think that F. Scott Fitzgerald kind of introduces him that way because he's like, this is just who Tom is. Yeah. And like, what you see is pretty much what you get. What you get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think he gives off an overly good vibe. I mean, <laughs> he's not an overly gr- good character, but we'll get it. We'll, we'll, we'll get into on. it. Yeah. Yes. So, the very first character we introduced to is our narrator. Right. Nick, Nick. Carraway. Yes. Our beloved narrator, uh, who is writing this novel uh, about a past experience he had in 1922. And... I love Nick. Like... He's great. He's not my favorite character, but I really do enjoy his little, like, kind of quirks that come out. Yes. Um, his very, on the surface, not judgmental, but at the same time, very judgmental. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he also seems to be a very, like, does what he's told kind of character. Goes with the flow. Um, he goes with the flow. He does not rock the boat. Um, he doesn't he, seem like a risk taker. No. Excuse me. He, um, he, like, he went to, I'm assuming Yale is what, the school he went to, because I was reading it, and at first he just said, like, oh, he went to, to school in New Haven. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what, where Yale is. Probably, yeah. Um, and then, like, I think later he said that him and Tom were a part of the same Yale club, so I'm like, I think he went to Yale. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure Yale is very old, so it it's is, very yes. likely. Um... But, uh, and then he goes to war because he was told to go to war, and he joined the bond business when he got back from war because he was told to go into the bond business, and he was told to live on this island. Like, he just does, he's just like, yeah, decide my life for me. (laughs) Can we please talk about the island? Can we talk about West Egg and East Egg, please? Can we? I just... (laughs) I want to (laughs) wait. Do you? I I do. I just have so much, I want to, okay, okay. Let's right, just finish right. introducing our initial characters. <laughs> we'll circle back. We'll circle we'll back. We'll circle back. Yes. I have a whole section. <laughs> okay. I have good, thoughts. And I feel like once we get started talking about that, it's going to be we a just... long time. And then we're going to be like, right, Daisy. Right. <laughs> oh, the book. Yes. <laughs> so. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the next couple of characters we're introduced to are Daisy and Tom Buchanan. First, we're introduced to Tom, who is Daisy's husband, and he is a was a football player in college. He's very wealthy from old money. He doesn't like to settle in one place, which is very telling of many things in this book. Um, <laughs> uh, he's really, like, living for the high of, like, trying to get back to playing football, and this is a really weird comparison, but this is the character he reminds me of, is Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. What? <laughs> you know? Like, he's yeah. always, like, taking videos of himself playing football and, like, trying to get back into it, and he's just chasing that high yes. of, like, being yes. a high school college football player. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but when I was rereading this book, all I could think of was, like, Uncle Rico, but in a suit. Um. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, no, you know who comes to my mind? And mm. not in, like, I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like, um, Tom is very, like, self, just indulgent or anything like that. Mm. I just feel like he reminds me of Gaston from yes. Belle. <laughs> yes. Not in, like, a, not in, like, you know, that very much, 
like self-indulgent way but more just in his gruff brazen rubs you the wrong Mm. way kind of vibe yes (laughs) yeah yes but it's still a catch of sorts and yes yes i understand what you're saying i guess there's got to be somebody though that i can think of that's more likable because i don't dislike (laughs) tom but yeah i have i'm indifferent to tom Uh uh-huh i feel Uh for tom sometimes sometimes Sometimes. i'm like you made your own bed (laughs) <laughs> you made, yeah, you made your bed, you have to lay in it. Although, yeah, once we get further in the book, I have some more mm-hmm. thoughts on Tom and yes. the things that happened to Tom. Uh, yes. But, yeah, that's, I'll leave it at that for now. Yes. Um, but, yes. Um, then we meet his wife, Daisy, who is yes. Nick Carraway's second cousin once removed. Mm, so close. So close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... She is just a very interesting character. And we're going to get into her, like, about Daisy a little bit more later. But my initial thoughts on Daisy was she just is very avoidant. Yes. Very surfacy. Very surfacy. Kind of. Very. Just kind uh, of. Whim. On her whim. Yes. Does whatever. Goes with whatever. But is very, like, obviously, apparently she's very attractive and likable. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, there's that, but, yeah, as far as her um, personality or anything, I feel like we don't really get to have a deeper look into that for a while. Right. Yes, I would agree. She's just very, like, which I think is also kind of who Daisy is, is you don't get to know her until you really get to know her. Right. Which the book kind right. of Which I think is probably a lot of women, to be honest. Yes. And especially mm-hmm. during that time period, I don't think that she would have worn her... Uh, true feelings or anything on her sleeve for everybody to see. I mean, that would have been very improper. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, one big thing that happened to just two years before is women got the right to vote. So they're not used to having voting rights. They're not used to having conversations. They're not used to talking about deep things because it's right. all new. And I feel like Tom wouldn't necessarily want Daisy to be speaking about personal no. things. He'd be uninterested. <laughs> And that's, and I know one of the next characters um, is Jordan, mm-hmm. where we meet her, and she's there, and you kind of have, a, you have the initial um, impression of her as just sort of, I don't know, I kind of got snooty, like, mm. via vibes from her at first, yeah. but I feel like her personality would be way more open and wearing her emotions and feelings on her sleeve, rather than yes. Daisy. Yes. I would say Jordan is definitely a very modern Modern woman, woman yeah. Whereas Daisy definitely exudes that old money vibe. Which her husband Which, would want her to. Yes. And I definitely feel, especially, like, just the conversations they have at the dinner table. Like, he, I wrote down in my description <laughs> of Tom that he's racist. Um, <laughs> talking about, like, the book The Rise of the Colored Empire by um, Goddard. And, like, talking about how, like, they're gonna, like, take over the world, and the whites have to, you know, prevail, and I was like, oh my gosh, wow, (laughs) totally Mm. forgot about that part, (laughs) yep, like, just, and they just, he just tosses it in there like it's nothing, like, just in conversation, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's just Tom, yes, and Daisy keeps trying to steer the conversation away, and Tom keeps bringing it back, but, anyway, just very, Mm. Uncomfy, like, uncomfy small talk. 
And that yes. was small talk to him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then you said we meet Jordan Baker, who is yes. an athlete. She is a golf player, I believe. Am I correct? And I think she plays golf. Like a pro yes. golfer. Um, but we don't really get to know her that much. She's a little bit of a gossip. Uh, she's an eavesdropper. <laughs> she's just out there. I feel like she's kind of a wild card. She really Honestly, is. Honestly, she is. I think she's probably one of my favorite characters. And I think um, that that's yeah. why... I think that's why... I know that we haven't gotten super far into it yet, but I think that's what attracts Nick to her as a person, is that yes. she's kind of everything that he's not. Yes. And that he is fairly, like like I said, I don't believe that Nick is a risk taker. And I think that Jordan definitely is. I feel like she's the kind of all-in mentality where Nick yes. is like a, you know, calculated mm-hmm. um, decision maker. Yes. Yeah. So, and then the last character we meet is Gatsby, who we'll get into later. Right. But those are the general characters that we meet in the first chapter. Cool. Is so it, now is it's it the time. egg time. It's egg time. <laughs> it's west and east egg. Oh my goodness! Do you want to talk have, about it? Do you want? I want to say something. I just want to say what I have to say about west egg real quick. Okay. Uh, west and east egg, and so, yes. um, so let's see. I think that west egg. So for those of you who are listening, who happen to live in the same area as Tori and I grew up in. <laughs> Which is, like, the New Hampshire area. Oh, I know what you're going to okay. say. <laughs> West Egg. I'm not going to... I'm not going to diss our hometown. I'm going to use a different town. West Egg is Lebanon, and East Egg is Hanover, okay? Mm. And that's my vibe completely, okay? Mm. Like, and I'm not going to say... I thought about saying West Egg is Claremont, but I will not. I wouldn't say Claremont is at all West Egg. I no. honestly... I don't know if... Um... Lebanon is because I don't think the money's there. Mm. I would say mm. like um Yeah, give me your give me your best comparison. I would definitely say like Hanover's definitely East Egg. Yes. And for sure. I would say like maybe White River for West is, Egg is West Egg. <laughs> I just love, though, that when Tom's like, I would never live in West Egg. Right. And and then they're like, oh, where do you live? And Nick's like, <laughs> West Egg? West Egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, no, it's definitely iconic. And everybody's um, probably just like, oh, oh that's nice. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I definitely, I, I do understand that reference, though. I think that's a good reference. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Give um, me some of your thoughts on West okay. Egg, East Egg. So, a little bit of technical stuff, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, for those of you who didn't read the book, West and East Egg is a stand-in for the two peninsulas along northern Long Island in New York. And they are often seen as old money and new money especially in this book and uh, a little bit of descriptions about them um east egg is like very aristocratic and west egg is more new rich so like kind of thinking like rockefeller versus jeff bezos you know right like (laughs) like old old money that has been passed down and passed down that is not gonna run out 
Whereas and I just love yeah. the stigma. The stigma that goes along with saying that you live in West Egg. Like, I know. how people from East Egg are just like, mm. 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 Yes. Because it's seen as a gaudy mirror image of East Egg. Like, it's just the wannabes. Tr- they're the wannabes, yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they're obviously very divided, not only by culture, but also by a literal body of water. Like, if you yes. want to go to East Egg, you either have to take a boat or you have to go, like, the whole way around. Which right. is, if you grew up in our hometown, like the Sugar River, let's be real. If you live on one <laughs> side, there's no bridge to the other side. You have to drive all the way around. <laughs> made too many references to Claremont. This would be too specific. Good. People are going to be like, I'm not listening to that anymore. I never understand their references. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so, uh, so West Egg is the self-made money, which I think, honestly, is way more respectable. Right. Because um, they earned it. But, but it's the I people get... with the old money that go way back, and they're very classy, and they have rules they have and society and... Yes, so they have always looked down on new money. Even, I think, in today's society, that's definitely a stigma. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, there's just, like, breeding and uh, right. taste and leisure and just all these different things. And I read in, on Sparks Notes, because I religiously use Sparks Notes, Ooh, that okay. um, West Egg represents ostentation, garishness, and the flashy manners of the new rich. And I was like, ooh. That's ooh. very accurate. That's so, that's like, you just put a mirror in front of Gatsby. Yes. Yes, literally. <laughs> like, Gatsby bought the most gaudy, large mansion he could possibly buy that is just excessive for no reason. <laughs> well, I have a few things to say on that when we get there, on why okay. I think he did so. Yes. Um... And then, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about anything else on West and East Egg. No, we should leave the eggs. Okay, we'll leave the eggs. Um, so let's talk a little bit uh, about the party before yes. we move on. Um, so Nick goes to Daisy and Tom's for dinner. Where he also, <laughs> yes. That's where he meets Jordan. And they're just conversing. They haven't seen um, Nick in a long time. And I think three years, because she's had a daughter in that time, and he's never met her. Um, right. Um, <laughs> there's something that I wanted, a, a comparison that I wanted to draw in here. So, <laughs> I feel like this dinner party ends up being really awkward. Mm-hmm. And it yes. reminded me of Jan and Michael in their dinner party from The Office. Yes. And they yes. were, like, playing a game on who can make their guests the most uncomfortable. Yes. And so that's what I felt like with, like, the awkward phone call from Tom's mm. mistress and the way yes. that Daisy reacted and then the gossip between Jordan and, and Nick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel that 100% so much. <laughs> that's, like, I literally was cringing reading this. I was like, I would never want to be in this situation ever. <laughs> because, honestly, Nick is pretty much a stranger, even though he's related very closely, clearly. Um, but even though he's related... To, it's still, they ha- don't really know him, and he doesn't really know them, and the fact that they're having this very personal situation going down over dinner is just, it's awkward in yes. any situation, you know, family yeah. or not. Yes. 
A regular yeah. family dinner is awkward enough. Yes. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the awkward dinner, and we obviously we find out that uh, Tom is cheating on Daisy with someone else, and she calls the house, which is very... Uh, um, very bold. bold. Yeah. <laughs> and not in a good way. You'd no. think you'd have some kind of, like, class, even if you're a mistress. I don't know. Yes. Guess yeah, not. If I was a mistress, I would If I house. were a mistress, <laughs> I'd be a smart mistress, and I would not call the house of the woman that I was doing dirty, so. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, I'm not, for the record. I don't think you are either, so. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just FYI. Um, but they go out, so Nick and, and Daisy go outside to chat, and one of my favorite quotes comes from this. They're talking about her daughter, and... She says, I'm yes, glad I it's a girl. Yes, I'm glad it's a girl, and I hope she'll be a fool. That's the best thing a girl can be in this world, a beautiful little fool. I have said that quote so many times. I love that quote. I, I just, it's just so beautiful. Like, that's just how beautiful Fitzgerald writes. Like, <laughs> no, and you know, it really is, you know, it's coming from a place of her hurt because, mm-hmm. you know, her husband is openly being unfaithful, and literally his mistress calls the house, and I mean, that's an, that's, um, that's pretty embarrassing in yes. front of company, too. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like no respect for her. And so mm-hmm. she's just, you know, she's glad that her daughter's a girl. <laughs> yes. So, the last thing oh. that happens in this chapter is Nick drives yes. home, and, and sees he Gatsby. sees a figure he supposes to be Gatsby, which we know is Gatsby. Um... Looking out across the water with his hand outstretched, if I remember correctly. Yes. Kind yes. of towards this light in the distance. Yes. And this green light, which will become very important as the book progresses. Very significant. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think, for me, for me, uh, this is, you know, the way that Gatsby's out there, supposed Gatsby, um, how he's out there kind of hand outstretched towards this light. I mean, eventually we know that this light is at Daisy's house. And I think, um, I really feel like, I don't know your thoughts, but it's almost like he's reaching out for the past. Like, it's tangible, but it's just out of reach. But it's there. You can see it. It's real. You know what I mean? He's reaching Mm -hmm. out for the past. He's reaching out, you know, for whatever. But it's always just out of reach. And I feel like the idea of it being just out of reach sets Mm. the theme for the whole story. Yes. I do think so, too. Okay. Well, that's chapter one. Chapter one, my dudes. Chapter two gets very interesting very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So. So much to touch on here. Yes. So how does chapter two start, Evelyn? The Valley of Ashes. Mm -hmm. We see the Valley of Ashes, and we're meeting Dr. T.J. Eckelberg um, in the poster and the eyes. I mean, there's a whole lot to digest in this chapter. And that's only the first half. Yes. (laughs) So, So Tom takes Nick into the city, a.k.a. New York City. And they, they take the train. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nick, all of a sudden, just pulls Nick off the train at the Valley of the Ashes, which is this halfway point between West Egg and New York City. Wait, and can we point point. out the fact that they're, he's literally going to be hanging out with Tom again after that really uncomfy dinner? 
I know. Like, that's just, he's like, yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, I. He's going he with the flow. That's what Nick does. But he that's, goes with the flow. That's Nick's personality. He's he, going with he's the flow. He's just like, probably Tom berated him after dinner and said, we're going to go to the city tomorrow. We're and going. Nick just went, okay. Fine. <laughs> Sounds good. What time? Yeah, literally. He's like, I got nothing to do. Like, Nick doesn't, I feel like Nick doesn't work this whole summer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, he, I feel like he thinks he's a hard worker, but we never see him work. Ever. He never, ever, he never talks about working. He buys all these encyclopedias and then doesn't work at all. Um, right. <laughs> so, he, so Tom pulls him off this train. He said, I want you to meet my gal or my lady or something, you know, very Tom-like. And he drags him to this mechanic shop. Where we meet, um, what's his name? George Wilson. (laughs) I I know his name is so basic. It's like the most basic name you could get. George Wilson, who wants to buy a car from Tom and has, owns a repair shop and all these things. And they seem to be friendly. Um... Like, they seem to banter a lot. Like, in their beginning conversations, yeah. Like, you think that they're probably friends, at least, acquaintances. Yes. And then in walks Myrtle. Yeah. Just to be clear, like, Myrtle is this man's wife, right? Yes. That, okay, yeah. So, literally, he's chatting, Tom is chatting with Wilson, Mm -hmm. and Wilson's wife walks around the corner, and... We meet Myrtle. She's Myrtle. And I would love to just point out the nonchalance. Like, you finally really see it. Just how nonchalant Tom is interacting with the husband of his lover. Yes. Like, it's just so, like, so bold. Uh, and um, I think my favorite description of Myrtle, like, that she's not very pretty, but that she carries herself. She has this, like, sensuality and mm. up being, like, she's thick and sensuous. Mm-hmm. Um, thick with two Cs. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I want to see if I can find the exact quote. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she's like, she carried her surplus flesh sensuously as some woman can. Her face yeah. above a spotted dress of a dark blah, 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 contained no facet of gleam or beauty. Wow. Yes. So kind. Nick, it's, it's, that's yes. very judgmental. It was a very judgmental line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nick. Yes. Yeah, so. So, in all of that. Yes. So, Myrtle. um, Yeah, that's, I mean, I didn't have a lot written down for Myrtle at the first initial meeting, except for what you said, but um, still. There's no shame. There's no shame. (laughs) At all. Yeah. No. Which we'll get into, but. um, Yeah. And in this this middle ground of between two cities, um, something that's very important to this book and is very iconic on the cover of many books, mine doesn't because I have the movie version, um, but the Evelyn mentioned the Dr. T.J. Eckelberg, yes, uh, the eyes to watch over. Um, yes. It's this giant billboard, this giant blue billboard with these spectacles on it and eyes behind the spectacle of this very old billboard that was of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg and kind of it's faded so the eyes and the glasses are really all that remain. Just very interesting. All Do you have any comments this. on just any symbolism behind that or anything that won't spoil too much for the future? 
Sure. I mean, I believe in this chapter, Nick mentions it felt like it was that the eyes of Dr. Eckelberg were kind of watching over everything in the Valley of Ashes. Well, and... I just want to say then that the eyes did not do a very good job watching over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's my conclusion, then. Well, he's just watching Evelyn. He can't He's do just anything. looking. I know, but he's watching over watching. implies that he's like a protector. It's like, then protect, would you? <laughs> anyway. 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 Um... So Myrtle meets Tom and Nick in the city, in New York City. And New York City is a place of moral depravity where Tom can flaunt his mistress. And And nobody bats an eye. No one bats an eye. Not even Myrtle's husband, apparently. No. They're just doing their thing and she's like, I want the dog. And he's like, here you go. They're out, like, riding in a car together. They have an apartment. They have friends. Like, like a life a totally separate from Daisy. And so, I had a question. Yeah. Um, what do you think it was about Myrtle that drew Tom in away from Daisy? Because Daisy is apparently every man's dream. You know right. what I mean? That's kind of what I get from reading this. But what is it about Myrtle that drew Tom in? So, I think that Daisy... From her personality, it seems very flighty, so she doesn't seem all that in, you know? I mean, she doesn't have that extra flesh that she carries sensuously. (laughs) Right. But... (laughs) But I think, like, she doesn't need Tom, you know? And... Right. Myrtle, I think Tom gets that sort of fan screaming, like... This woman loves me a lot. She needs to talk to me all the time. She needs to love me. She, like, I buy her things. Like, it's a very conditional Yeah, he's like, occasionally I, I punch you in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. And she doesn't care because he's rich and he buys her things. And I think that's sort of the relationship Tom is looking for. Is something right. that's very, like, I can push you around They're, and, right. you know, like. But she still he, needs him in some yes. kind of way yes exactly so i think that's what really brought tom to 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 myrtle and stuck around for her you know yeah yeah now i get it um i'd briefly like to talk about the party i don't want to stay too on it because i just hate this party so much this party's the worst (laughs) we meet her cousin myrtle's cousin very briefly i don't care overly Catherine, I think? Catherine. Yeah. I thought it was her sister. Is it her sister? I think it's her sister. Yeah, it's her sister. And they're there, and they're all talking about the relationship now between Mm -hmm. um, Myrtle and Tom, and the fact that Tom's married, and now they're saying Daisy's name, and yeah, it's Myrtle that's starting to say Daisy's name, and people are getting turnt. Yes. And then finally, um, (laughs) finally Tom's had enough. Yes. And just beats her down, and yes. then decides he's out. Yep. He's like, peace out. Peace out. <laughs> Literally. Yes. And meanwhile, Catherine is, like, trying to talk to Nick about this man, Gatsby, who lives over near his house. And, right. Like, nobody seems, like, is everybody like, oh, Gatsby, he's that guy, you know? And, like, there's a little bit of rumor starting, but not really too much. Yeah, just much a little whisper. Three. Just a little whisper no, yeah. about Gatsby, but... Um, we start to kind of learn a little bit more about him from somebody else's perspective. 
Um, but he's still just sort of this, like, mythical person, just kind of in the air. We've seen him once, but, like, is he even real? It wasn't even him. He disappeared, like, after seeing him. Yeah. Yes. Um, Um, but I think this is a, I feel like that's a good segue into the kind of, the invitation and party with all the rumors. Yes. Um, Because everybody's got something to say about Mm. Gatsby. Yes. So, Tom, uh, sorry, not Tom, (laughs) Nick, Nick, Mm. Nick. Nick sees parties going on at Gatsby's house fairly often, like extravagant, crazy parties. Mm-hmm. And finally, finally, Nick receives a personal invitation to the party, not from Gatsby, but from a very interestingly dressed servant at Gatsby's house across yes. the lawn. And Nick goes to this party. And do you have anything you want to say about the party? Uh, well, I'd first like to talk a little bit just about the fact that he received an invitation. And I think yes. it's very um, telling of also, again, Nick's character of he could have literally wandered into any of those parties. You did not have to be invited. But Everyone he lived right up. next door. He lived right next door. He literally could have just walked over, right? But he needs right. to be told what to do. And that's showing up Gatsby <laughs> that he's like, no, come to my party. I know yes. we don't know each other. You're my neighbor. Come to my party. Yes. So I just think that that was a very, like, Nick moment of this whole yeah. interaction. Um, but yes, the the party is is a lot. The there party is a lot. people from all walks of life at this party. And I, th- I think it's really interesting. interesting that it's not like all these people are his friends. I mean, people just know about no. these parties and just show up mm-hmm. and come, you know, like, these amazing parties. And... Nobody seems to know a whole lot about the host of the party, Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And so that's when all these crazy rumors start. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, somebody told me that they thought he killed a man once. It's like, yes, those are some pretty crazy. Somebody said he's a German spy during the war, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But yeah, um, honestly, though, I feel like these rumors were like spoken into fruition. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll get back into that well, another yeah. time. Yes, but no, this party is like, and there's just so many people there. I mean, like, Jordan's there, and uh, her group of friends, and... Uh, I love how Nick had to latch on to the only person he knows. I honestly felt that so strongly. <laughs> Same. He's like, oh, I was good, like, somebody I know, don't leave my side. giant mansion of all these people. He's like, I found Jordan, thank God. <laughs> right. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, I felt that so strongly, deeply in my soul. Um, but yes, they're hearing all these rumors, and then finally they're just the chilling. The awkward introduction. I, the big awkward. I, I think it's only awkward because... I would say it's awkward. You wouldn't think... You don't think it's awkward? I wouldn't. I only think it's awkward given Nick's personality. Yes. Like, he would probably feel embarrassed that he did not know that he was talking to the man who invited him to this party the whole time. Yes. I will say that that's awkward, but I do think it's one of my favorite character introductions <laughs> of all time. Really? I think it's one of the best, like, like I was looking forward to this. Like, um, in the movie, in the book, like, everything, like, this is probably one of the, like, best introductions ever, in my opinion. <laughs> I love, th- I do love, though, that out of everybody at this party, I mean, like, this party's packed, but that Gatsby singles Nick out and it's like, your face is familiar. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so many faces here. Yes. Like, I think it's a very grand entrance of this character. Uh, we get his iconic... It's, it's true to his 
his character arc and personality. Yes. yes. We get his iconic old sport catchphrase, which is just I wonder, perfect. we should, like, figure out how many times old sport is said in this novel. <laughs> Honestly, we need to figure that out. It's so many times. Um, and it, he's just very aloof, and there's just this huge, like, decadent party, and they're just chatting, and... And then he's like, well, I'm Gatsby. And it's like... <laughs> You're like, whoa, what? Because I've seen the movie, like, I just have that, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, like, fireworks going off glass, like, entrance in my yes. mind. Which I just feel like it's just that is what this whole paragraph just exudes in my mind. Yeah. Um, but then the aftermath is Nick being flustered. <laughs> yeah, Nick's like, uh, mm, 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 but I have this thi- this quote from Sparks Notes that I found was very interesting um, about the title of the book itself. Okay. Um, so, with this whole situation. So, it says, The novel's title itself, The Great Gatsby, is suggestive of a sort of vaudeville billing for a performer or magician. And I thought, like, I had never thought That's about that so before. true. And I was like, that hit me this morning. I was like... Wow, like these parties are like so extravagant. Like they do have a very vaudeville style. Yes. Yeah. And oh, that hit different. Um, <laughs> that does hit differently. Um, and then kind of going off of that, like Jordan says, um, I like large parties. They're so intimate. At small parties, mm. there isn't any privacy. You know, like these big parties, they're so loud yeah. and extravagant. Like you don't feel like you need to talk to everybody you're like right i can talk to this one person and no one's gonna care right nick's like i found the one person i know i'm set i'm all yes good. yeah exactly um do you have anything to say about gatsby or the collection of books the library <laughs> or anything on that um no i just was i just liked i mean i thought the interaction was awkward for nick um yes. and that no that it was definitely very consistent and true to who Gatsby is and who we kind of learn him to be. And he, everything about him is extravagant. The parties, his introduction, his collection of books, mm-hmm. you know, the way he goes yes. about conversing with people, talking with people. Actually, one thing I just thought of just now mm-hmm. is the fact how when Gatsby, um, when Gatsby invites his neighbor Nick, to his mm-hmm. party, he sends somebody else to ask him to come to the party. Yes. Okay. And then we see that again in a different scenario in the next chapter, and I'll mention it when we get there. Yes. Yes. He. So as extravagant as he is, he's always doing things through other people. Yes. Yeah. And it's very interesting. It's all very orchestrated, and I really yes. enjoy it. Yes. Um, orchestrated is the perfect word. Uh, I'd like to end this part of the book with uh, a quote. I think it's the last line in the chapter from Nick is, everyone suspects himself of at least one of the cardinal virtues and this is mine. I am one of the few honest people that I have ever known. (laughs) And it's true. Nick is very honest in this book. Almost to a fault. No, he is. I'll give him that. (laughs) We will give him that. Yes. Nick so doesn't t- want to take risks. He doesn't, you know, he's not brave, but he's honest. Yes, he's honest, and I'll give him that. <laughs> we'll let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, chapter four. Chapter four. The so, final chapter of our 
um, of our assigned reading for the yes. first half. Yes. Chapter four. The who's who. This part tripped me up so much. There were so many characters introduced okay. or just people talked about. Yes. So <laughs> I was reading this and a question came to me and it was, um, uh, so why did Nick slash F. Scott Fitzgerald include this laundry list of the who's who of, you know, the parties. Yeah. And I I was, like, just struck with it. I was like, this is, like, the first, like, two or three pages of the chapter in this very short book. Why are these people so important to talk about? Because yeah. we never hear about them again. And right. I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, if this book is supposed to be written by Nick and not technically F. Scott Fitzgerald, and all of these people are made up, why are they included? And I was like, well, if you were living in Nick's world, these are important people. And So you just, you know, you know these people. If you're in Nick's world. And it kind of gives the story a little bit more credibility in Nick's world, not necessarily our world. And I right. thought that was a very interesting thing to do because he mentions all these famous people throughout the book and some of them aren't even real. <laughs> but in that right, world, right. they're important people. And it makes it more believable. Yeah. And also kind of along the same lines as the West Egg, East Egg situation mm. where yeah. I feel like somebody of Nick's status and hit the society, he would know of these people. And I guess thought that of them as, you know important enough to mention yes yeah exactly name drop (laughs) um so yeah that's my thoughts kind of on the laundry list of people because it was a little excessive i kind of skimmed it i'm not gonna lie (laughs) no me too that's why when i saw that we had this scheduled in our segment i was like "Mm, guess guess i'm gonna have to reread those four pages (laughs) (laughs) um it's kind of like uh this is gonna make me sound bad like genealogies Okay, Bible. that's like, terrible. Sorry, like... you better go back and read those. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good for like, history stuff, but like, you know, mm. for just general devotions, I'm not gonna read that. Yeah, not I lie. definitely I'm my out myself. I, my eyes skim the genealogies. I'll be <laughs> honest; like, it happens. Like, they're going in through my eyeballs, but yes, definitely out of my ears or wherever yes. they leave. <laughs> not my ears. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> just leaves my head, leaves my mind. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. So the big to do of this chapter is lunch. Um, yes. Gatsby. Is this now where Gatsby is finally being more honest and open yes. with Tom about who he is, what he's no, all not about? Tom. I mean, not Tom. I keep thinking. I keep Nick. Use yes, Nick. Yes. Nick. They're all short names. All right. I know. Tom, Daisy, Jay, Nick, Nick Jay. Myrtle, mm. George, like. Very, very just simple. Um, I like it, though. All right. Yes. Nick. So this is when Gatsby invites Nick to lunch in the city, which seems very insignificant, but nothing with Gatsby is insignificant, ever. Never. Everything's a to-do. Um, so he picks him up in his fancy Rolls... Ro- Royal... Mm, I'm not going to be able to say it. You say it. <laughs> Rolls Royce. Yes. I was like... I- can't get it out. <laughs> no, okay, listen, listen, listen. I I rode in a Rolls Royce the other day for the first time, and I felt very Gatsby. <laughs> yes. Oh, how perfect. <laughs> I'm like, mm, log this away for my yes. podcast. Yes. I'm researching. 
Right. Right. Um, so Gatsby picks him up in this car, and they begin driving into the city. And Gatsby asks Nick for his opinion of himself. So asking, Gatsby <laughs> asks Nick what Nick thinks of Gatsby. Right. Which I'm like, that's a very bold thing to ask somebody you just, like, kind of Who's have Who's honest. With. <laughs> also, but Nick yes. is so honest, I'm sure, you know, he won't let us down. Right. And I think this is the one time that Nick really isn't honest, because he kind of is like, I don't know what <laughs> yes. you're really asking me. He kind of, like, you know, plays around with uh, the words, and they don't even give us an actual description of what he says. Um, he's kind of like, oh, I just kind of avoided it, really. Um, right. And then Gatsby kind of. Well, it jumps. would have been very risky. It would have been very risky for him to say what he really thinks about Gatsby because he's heard people talking about he's killed people or right. or he's a German spy or whatever. So mm -hmm. that would have been very risky, and Nick does not take risks. So that's he's true. Like, Avoid. You're driving in this car. Everybody's driving fast, and yeah, too many bad things could happen. Um. So. Gatsby starts to spill his whole life story. We love Nick. Gatsby. We love he Gatsby. He spills. He spills the tea on himself, which is the best. Um, so he is the son of a wealthy family from the Midwest. But then he says San Francisco is where he's from. Mm. Which I was like... Maybe, like, the middle west of California. I guess, but I was like... I don't even know if that's... Odd. Right. But I like do the love I think how... Like, Michigan or... No, I know. Definitely, yeah. like, Kansas, Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do love how Nick notes that he understands why Jordan believed that Gatsby was lying about, you know, yes. Oxford or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, just his mannerisms or the way he said it. Right. Is definitely like a an uncomfortable way or dishonest yes. way, but mm -hmm. I mean later we learn more about that. But it's mm -hmm. just kind of interesting that he picks up on that and thinks about Jordan again. <laughs> yes, well I think that honestly, like honestly, huh? like hmm? honest people pick up on deception more easily because yes, they know when it's kind of like lie the tells. Yeah, like you don't need to study counterfeit money. You know, they don't make you study counterfeit money when you're working no. a job that deals with money. You're, you study the real deal. So when you know so the real deal, you know you can easily spot the fake. Exactly. So Nick knows he's from old money. He knows the, the tells of old money. And he really starts to doubt Gatsby for, for a hot second there. Yeah, he really <laughs> does. And then Gatsby's just like, well... Mm. I'm just gonna pull out all this proof I have on me at all times. Right. Which is like, <laughs> why? <laughs> like, I know, it's almost, it, you do wonder, kind of like, why are you spilling so much to this stranger, and what? why do you care what the stranger thinks about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and obviously, he, he, he cares because... Yes. Um, he's, I want to ask him a favor, which is what he says. He says, I want you to make sure you know who I, what I'm about before... I, I ask, ask this, this big favor of you. But <sighs> what what changes Nick's opinion about Gatsby? Specifically. Um, 
I don't know. Okay. I don't um, know. So, he produces his medal from the war from oh. Montenegro. Yeah. And then he also has a photo of himself at Ox... And, like, with his class... Or no. <laughs> playing cricket at Oxford. Like, with his cricket team. Right. So, Nick probably feels bad for completely doubting him for that second. Yes. I believe there's a line. I really liked this line. I have to find it because... Um, it really um, changed, like, the way it was written was so interesting. Oh, I know, it, like, right where it is in this book. Hold on. Um, okay, here we go. There was Gatsby looking a little, not much younger, with a cricket bat in his hand. Then it was all true. I saw the skins of tigers <laughs> flaming in his palace on the Grand Canal. I saw him opening a chest of rubies to ease with their crimson-lighted depths and the gnawing of his broken heart. Like, I can just see, like, this, like, almost, like, because I think, like, a camera person of, like, the camera zooms into Nick's eyes and then, like, yeah. zooms out and then, like, all these things from Gatsby's life are flashing through his brain, you know? Right. And like, they're, like, legit. All these, like, wild things that he was kind of like, uh-huh, at first. And then, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, too, that when he finally, when Gatsby reaches in his pocket um, and slung, he said, yeah, he reached into his pocket and a piece of metal slung on a ribbon fell into my palm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact, like, he literally says, to my astonishment, the thing had an authentic look. Yes. So, he, so he's pretty shook that everything Gatsby had said to him is true. Yes. Absolutely. He's um, like, oh, this looks kind of real. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> so they finally arrive at this club in New York City um, where they meet this man named Mayor Wolfsheim. Um, Shine. I'm not sure how I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, forgive me, all of those people who learned how to read. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll definitely comment in the, uh, comment section with some of hate. Of course. Yes. Please, <laughs> like, give me um, all the hate. Wolfsheim? Wolfsheim? Shyam? Wolfsheim? I, I feel like it's Wolfsheim. I don't know. I feel, it, that's how it's spelled. Right? Anyway. Anyway. So, he's described as kind of a suspicious-looking character. Yes. Um, and he obviously knows Gatsby very well. Um, which... <laughs> and now it's like he's, like, friends. If you're friends with somebody sketchy, people are going to think you're sketchy. It really, you're guilty by association almost. It is. It, it works you that keep, way. You keep the company you're most comfortable with, you know? Um and it, it seems like Gatsby's trying not to be super friendly with him, at least from what I perceived. Like, he's yeah. not, like, pushing him away, but, you know, like... But not being chummy with him. Right, exactly. Um, because he's trying to put on his best face, you know, for Nick. Um, what did I... I took notes on this. Um, oh, like, because Gatsby says, says that... Um, he, that uh, Mayor was responsible for fixing the 1919 World Series just three years before, uh, which actually mm-hmm. did happen in history, not by this man, uh, by somebody else. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Arnold something. Um, right. Which I thought was just cool. Just in Nick's included. world. Yeah, <laughs> just in Nick's world. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> 
So, like, obviously a very shady person, and he says, like, well, why isn't he in jail? And he's like, I, he just, like, knows not how to, like, he just knows people and knows how to kind of get around the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Nick starts to sort of doubt, Gat, not Gatsby's story, but Gatsby's but character, character. Yes. And his source of wealth, especially, like, all the phone calls he got during yeah, the party like, from where different places. Yeah, like, where is it coming from? Yes. He's new money, so where the heck is it coming from? Exactly. And I think it can be kind of inferred that Nick thinks that he might have some ties to organized crime or bootlegging, because that was very popular during this time. Um, The rise of mafia and everything was happening during this time, so Nick was very right to think those things. (laughs) No, yeah, he wasn't wrong. He was just, he was being calculated, like Nick Mm -hmm. is. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the little conversation that um, that Mr. Wolfsheim has with Nick while Gatsby's away mm. from the table. Just yes. like very like casual. Fine fellow, wasn't he? Handsome to look at. Perfect gentleman. Yes. <laughs> like trying to like... like He's um, an Oxford man. Yes. I feel like he's trying to like wingman him a little bit. Yes. <laughs> it's like now I'm a little more wary about this too. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like, you know Oxford College? You ever heard of it? You He's ever like, heard of yeah, Oxford? I've He's heard like, yeah, of I it. I went to Yale, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so as they're leaving the cafe... Yes, the magic moment. The magic moment, um, Nick sees Tom at the club. Briefly. It's a very little part of the chapter, but I thought it was significant. It definitely Um, is. Because everything in this book is significant. (laughs) True. It's such a short book. Yes, and and Nick wants to introduce his friend Gatsby to Tom, because Tom's never been to a party. He doesn't know really who Gatsby is. It's like, Gatsby immediately, hands get sweaty, breaks his sweat. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, like, Gatsby, like, yeets out of there. He's like, "Mm -mm." Yeah. And he's like, this is my friend Gatsby. And, like, he turns and, like, Gatsby's just, like, poof. Like, he must have, like, magic vanishing Well, we, we see Gatsby disappearing, you know, in the first chapter when Nick sees him stretching out his hand towards the green light. Yes. And just as magical as he saw him and disappeared, he disappears mm-hmm. in this moment. Yes. Absolutely. Is he real? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Hashtag, is Gatsby real? Is that's, that's like a brand new question. Is Gatsby even real? Or is this I mean, all just a figment of Nick's imagination the ooh. whole time? No, that's a very interesting take on this book. Hot take. <laughs> Our first hot, hot take. take. Thank you. Thank you. Is Gatsby even fair? Is Gatsby a metaphor? Well, yeah. For everything but... that's lacking in Nick's life? Yes. Extravagance. Impulsiveness. Is Gatsby Excitement. the Jekyll to his hide? Like, I don't know. You know. That's a good question, Tori. The one who makes him do all the fun things he'd never do in his real life. Interesting. <gasps> oh my did goodness, just wait. break the code on this book? We, we did. You're a secret genius. I'm a secret... We're, we are secret geniuses. <laughs> together. Thank you for including me on this. But, okay, wait. Let's... I want to dive back in because... The yes. next part is really interesting. Yes. Um, the, it's kind I'd of... the most important part of this whole podcast. Um, yeah. This is... 
Gatsby and Daisy's past uh, mm-hmm. retold by Jordan. Yes. And I think it's just really, really interesting because after you read it and after you kind of know what went on, basically that, you know, Daisy and Gatsby were these, you know, two young, beautiful people. They were in love and it's, you know, I, I believe it's Daisy's first love and she's head over heels crazy for him mm-hmm. and then he goes off to the war and she's devastated, but she's just this young girl. She bounces back mm-hmm. and ends up you know, getting engaged to Tom, who's everything mm-hmm. her family probably ever would want for her or that right. she should want for her future, given the times. And the night before her wedding, uh, doesn't she get that letter and she gets cold feet? And Yes. Um, the one time she's ever drunk in her life. The first, Yeah, the one time ever. But she still goes through with it. Yes. She still goes through with it. And I think, you know, what really made me, resonated with me, was just that it was her first love and that obviously mm-hmm. she's going to probably feel some hesitation or have some cold feet mm-hmm. but ultimately you know she was doing what she thought was best for her future yes. you know what i mean she was she couldn't wait around for gatsby forever who even knows right. is gatsby even real like right and like <laughs> we're still deciding but yeah even I mean, he's in she, war like he could have died and he she's like died. i have this opportunity to secure my future and here's my theory, and here's my theory, and I'm, I'll say it now so that way you can be thinking about it throughout the rest of the book and anybody listening, <laughs> is I feel like Gatsby was taken with Daisy way more than Daisy was taken with Gatsby. For Daisy, I feel like it was a first love, but for Gatsby, mm. it, it was, was something way more. I feel like since he's so extravagant and so, mm. um, you know, I feel like he feels more deeply in an artistic way or whatever comparatively to Daisy. So it yes. meant more and it lasted longer. And she represented so much more to him. Uh, mm. He, I mean, she represented, yeah, than, than he did to her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that yes. she's this feeling that um, he tries to bring back in his life. A time. Mm. That's my vibe on that whole segment. Yes. Of them. That, you know, recounting of their past. <laughs> I agree with all those things you said. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Um, I'm so glad. Yeah. I, that whole just, like, I feel like it's, like, three or four pages is just, like, a whirlwind, like, I really enjoyed it. It's a novel in of itself. Just the I know, ups somebody, and downs. And, somebody's bound to write some prequel about that. Uh, I would read it so much. I would probably make a movie out of it. Like, <laughs> I need it. Uh, if any of our listening fans, um, if you you're happen a fan, to be a writer, listening, please write us the prequel. Please write us the the prequel to to Daisy and Gatsby. Um, I would be so appreciative. Uh, you can come on our podcast and talk about it. We'll um, have you. We'll have you on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you'd have to be fairly bold to take on and try to continue F. Scott Fitzgerald's masterpiece. So yes. good luck. Yeah. Now, would w- would you write it from the perspective of uh, perspective of Jordan? No, I would write it from. I would probably either write it from Gatsby or from Daisy because interesting. No, probably unless you do dual POV where you're writing both Gatsby and Daisy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's so much that goes on separately that you're kind of wondering, okay, what's going on in Gatsby's head while he's away at war and what's going on with Daisy now that she's starting to mm-hmm. dip her toe back into society and, and court. Right. True. You know. True. Yeah. So that's the big reveal of chapter four. And then you, Nick sort of quickly realizes that Gatsby's house is 
directly <laughs> across the water from Daisy's house. That so literally the green light comes from Daisy. Daisy's house. Yes. And, and like I said, uh, that is so, it's so incredible because I really do feel like him reaching out is him reaching towards this unattainable, mm. uh, it's somewhat attainable, but it's always just out of reach for him. Yes. And it sets the theme for the mm. whole story. And I feel yes. like he always ends up with the short end of the stick. You know, it's always just out of reach for him. Happiness, the feeling of whatever is eluding him. Yes, absolutely. Like, just through and through that whole, just, just that reaching for that one thing that's the only thing you've ever wanted is just so heartbreaking. Like, I read that, and it's just like, the chapter ends and I was devastated. Absolutely devastated. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's really sad. And... Another thing that I thought of, another comparison, is I feel like Gatsby, with his extravagant house and everything, I feel like it's parallel to the notebook where Noah Mm. builds Allie's house the way that Allie had told him that she wanted it. And it was all for her. It was always for her. And it's in the paper, and she sees it, you know, as she's preparing for her wedding, and she just has to go back and see him. And it's this extravagant gesture for her. And I feel like his parties in his house is this one big extravagant gesture for her. Mm, yes. Because he knows, like, she's a party girl, especially from, like, Chicago. Like, they, she'd always go out and party all the time. That it matters to her. Yes. It's very important to her, the society of it all. He probably he feels like he to... has to compete with Tom. Yes. And also make her feel comfortable in her social circle while still right. Gatsby being in West Egg. <sighs> I love a good love triangle. I know. Well, I have beef with love triangles. Because Whoa, it's wait. not a triangle. What is it's it? A, it's, it's, a, it's a tip with two, two lines. If it was a triangle, Tom and Gatsby would also be in love. <laughs> I, it's my one beef with love triangles. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> thank you for that explanation. But I, in the, uh, in the scenario where a love triangle to me just means that there's two options for one person, mm-hmm. I just, I just, I like that good love triangle. I, I love a good one. Any story I read, it hinges, the goodness of it hinges upon the triangle of love, usually, for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Yes. <laughs> um, so. So. Do you think we're ready to get into, um... Oh, no. I had a quote I wanted oh, to read. Oh, quote it. You um, quote it. So, uh, this is also a very iconic quote from this book. It's also iconic from the movies. What um, page is it on? Uh, on mine, it was page 77. It's it's when um, Jordan's talking about uh, Gatsby and Daisy in the car. Um, okay. And it's, um, the officer looked at Daisy while she was speaking in a way that every young girl wants to be looked at at some time. And I just melted. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I know. Like... So good. That, like, looking at her while she's speaking, she's not looking at you, just just admiring them as a person. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that's the first four chapters. Wow. Wow, no, those were, Those are pretty meaty. Pretty meaty chapters. Because it's, you know, yes. you're getting the introduction to the book... And you're getting to know the characters, and then you're just diving into the story and being involved yes. in their lives, and it's really interesting that way. Yeah. 
So, to kind of um, bookend the podcast, uh, we want to end with some discussion questions. Um, so the first one we had, uh, the first couple we have are all based around Nick as a character because he's obviously one of the biggest characters in the book. Right. So what is Nick Carraway's role in the novel? Yeah, right. We know he's the narrator and that, you know, he's really just telling us about this time in, you know, summer of 1922. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's he's almost the pro- he he is the protagonist with Gabby yeah. being a secondary protagonist and he really just is planted in all these people's lives so that he can tell the story. Um, hold on. I wanted to check. I couldn't remember. Is this written? I have to check. I want to know if this is written in first person. Oh, I have that. Yes. um... Yes. I looked at Miss Baker. So, yes, this is written in first person. It is written in first person, then it's also sometimes written in third person. First person past tense. Wait, where is it written in third person? That's really interesting. Yeah, I... When you see it, point it out so we can talk about it in the next podcast. That's interesting. Yeah. Email us and tell us where. I read it on the internet when I was going through, like, things to know about this book was that it's mostly uh, from Nick's first person's perspective, um, but then sometimes it's also, like, a little bit third person. Um, Weird. Yeah. I didn't encounter that. I didn't. It didn't stand out to me. Um, right. I think but, it'd be jarring. Yeah. So, um, I, f- yeah. And personally, I'm gonna admit I didn't read the whole book yet because I yeah. am of the opinion to. Um, I don't want to. Not that I haven't read it before, but I don't want to bring my other preconceived notions into the first half. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to do that for the next guys. book. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I've, I literally sat down, I had a plane ride, and I read it during my plane ride, so, you know, I have all these thoughts and everything that should really be, like, held on to until the next podcast, but it's, like, they're just, like, overflowing, and I want to share them. Yes. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, that's Nick. Next. Um, consider Nick's father's advice in chapter one, which we read earlier, um, about... Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had. So, very, very good advice from his dad. I think it's, like, probably one of the most relevant quotes in this book. Very universal. the very first line, yes. Um, Because we all have some level of advantage over another. In whatever circumstance you're in. Um... And I think it's Agreed. just a very interesting, and, like, obviously Nick's family comes from money, so he has a lot of advantage. Right. And... I mean, he didn't go to Augsburg, but he did go to Yale. He did go to Yale, well, you know, that. that small little school up there. That little school. <laughs> um, but, so, okay, now tell me this. Does telling mm. the story from Nick's point of view make it more believable? Yes. And you know, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Do you think here's it's because why. he's honest? I think it's because he's honest through through and through. He's very honest. And also, if it was told from Gatsby or Daisy's perspective, I feel like it would just get so caught up in their thoughts and not yes. in what the novel's actually about. No, such a good point. I feel like Nick is not self-absorbed. 
and that he he's a very unbiased uh he gets a little biased towards the end but i think he's Mm -hmm. an unbiased opinion he's kind of an outsider looking in but towards the end he becomes an insider and i think that that alters his thoughts a little bit um but yeah i think the story is more believable through nick yes absolutely um so the last (laughs) question we have on nick is Nick believes he is an honest, non-judgmental narrator. Discuss the reliability of Nick Carraway as the narrator of The Great Gatsby, which we kind of discussed Touched a little on bit. just above, yeah. Um, I believe Nick is honest. Absolutely. Non-judgmental. Um, he's very judgy. He's very, very judgy. But I don't Silent, think... Silently, he's, though. He's not verbal yeah. about it. Right. I think he is trying to just be honest with his thoughts to himself. Yeah. Um, But he he also, like, it doesn't seem to sway his opinion of people. No, and like I said, the reliability of him as a narrator, I think, is is really good and unbiased while he feels like he's on the outside of this group Mm -hmm. of people. But as he starts getting, you know, on the inside, I think that his opinion shifts a little bit. Um... Mm -hmm. You know, I won't say exactly to where it shifts just yet. I'll wait till we've read the whole book. But I do have some thoughts on that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gatsby. Gatsby. So, how is the character of Jay Gatsby presented to the reader? Well, if you do not know this by now, you have not read the first four chapters. (laughs) He's very extravagant, very out Mm. there. I think he's impulsive. I think that he's... I honestly, so I think he's brave, but I also think that there's a lot of things that he does that mm. remind me of a middle school boy interested yes. in a girl, but yes. too afraid of either rejection or whatever to right. deal with things himself. Yes. I also think Gatsby is presented to us as this very mysterious, alluring character um, that is just so built up in your mind. That by the time you meet him, you're just you just can't wait. You're just like I just need to meet this man Gatsby because he's just so yeah. interesting, and you don't even know what's real about him. And I know there's times where we question: Is he a real person? Is like, he real? <laughs> <laughs> is he? Yeah. So I yeah. think he's pre- very much presented that way as well. I think though, no, that's that's for next week. I cannot say this yet. This is my problem. I cannot. The See, next book we yeah. do, I'm not reading it all beforehand. I promise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holding on to that thought. <laughs> um, okay. So, what part of his past is Gatsby trying to recapture, and is he successful? So I don't think we'll know for sure if he's successful okay. just yet. But like mm-hmm. I said, you know, when we read the recap of his past with Daisy. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, he's clearly still hooked on her and the past and that, yes. um, you know, he's reaching out towards that light, towards the past, towards that something that is almost attainable. It's just out mm-hmm. of reach, yet, you know, it's different. She's married now. She has a kid. He's moved mm-hmm. on in life. But has he, kind of? Not right. really. He's still in that same mindset and that right. he is trying to get back that feeling, or maybe just mm. that carefree time, maybe before the war, maybe whatever, but we'll find out if he's successful next week. Yes. And kind of also going off of that question a little bit, not really about Gatsby, but 
very interesting that Tom is almost a mirror of Gatsby, like a parallel line to him, like slightly different path of trying to chase that like one event in his life, that like big moment, which for him wasn't a great love, but it was something that was important to him was his football career was very important to him. And he's trying to chase that high of crowds cheering him on constantly and only now, everybody's chasing something in the story. Yes. And even Nick, I mean, he left his family and their, you know, normal Mm -hmm. mode of business to kind of branch off and do his own thing. He wants his independence. He wants to Mm -hmm. feel like he's made it, even though we never, ever see him working. (laughs) But, but, you know, he's chasing that dream, too. Everybody has something they're working towards. Like, he's very proud of, like, his $80 a month house, you know, that's like... Yes. Gatsby's house probably rents for, like, 2000 I think they said, is, like something like wild which I don't even want to imagine what that's in today's money I but, don't want to <laughs> um yeah but he's chasing that like financial freedom of it of himself um yeah but he probably somebody told him to do that so right. um he's striving for independence but he's the least independent person I've ever met yes poor I dude I've never met this man I've met him in the words well that's start, that's what happens when you start reading more you start feeling really connected to these fictional characters and uh, yeah, it's it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next question. Is there a person or event in your past that you would want to revisit? This is actually a really good question in general to put out there for our listeners mm-hmm. that we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, email us. Do you have anything? Yeah, email us for sure. Is there somebody or something that you'd like to revisit, Tori? Oh, man, Evelyn. I... This is a loaded question. This is a loaded question. I mean, I wish I could visit my old self, if that makes sense. Like, in yeah. especially, like, in our timeline together as friends, like, I wish I could go back and be like, listen, this is not important. Like, <laughs> you don't need to get in a fight about this. You don't need to waste years of your life worrying about this other person. Like, I wish I could go back and, like, talk to both like sit us both down and be like listen <laughs> listen yes um, give us like school us yes but like no. an event I'd say like kind of that I would love to revisit like the first time like I felt in awe of something like um like you know like going to like the aquarium right and you're like there's this like giant expanse of water with all these fish and you're just like oh my gosh you're just standing with a small little child just mouth open palms open just just you don't even know what to say (laughs) you know yeah and that 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 moment is i think something that's important in a lot of people's life and it's it's different for everybody but that's what i would say Kind of like going back in time, like wishing you could forget mm. an amazing TV show or book and rewatching yes. it or rereading it for the first time. <sighs> I want to rewatch The Office. I want to watch the set that '70s show. Yes. I want to watch. I want to rewatch Gilmore Girls without knowing yeah. the ending of things. I hate the ending. <sighs> anyway, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, How about you? it's uh, you know I feel like there are people and things that I'd like to revisit and mm. you know for different reasons, but I also feel like. Since I do write songs, I feel like mm. that's my outlet for that yes. kind of feeling. Mm. Uh, because, you know, like smells and, and sounds and music and things can really take you back uh, mm-hmm. like a time machine. Like I, I even talked about this too. Oh, like you yeah. smell, um, you smell a certain smell, lilacs, mm. and it immediately takes you back to that particular mm. time because they're in season for such short a time. Yes. Um, but 
yeah, there are times and places I'd like to go back. You know, even just some of those carefree days as a child for like a day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Go back and hang out with my brother and play some games or, you know, mm-hmm. ride my bike around my neighborhood and just do some fun stuff yeah. like that. But I wouldn't want to live in the past or dwell in no. it. No. No. Yeah. I also would not want to go back and be in middle school. Like, that's a no. terrifying thought. <laughs> if, I, if I could go back in time, I would just, like... No, that sounds violent. I was going to say, like, let's burn middle school to the ground. But I was no. homeschooled, so... <laughs> for legal reasons, so, that's a joke. I, and I... Yeah, for legal reasons, that's a joke. Plus, I would not want to burn down my own home, so... Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next. Next. So, Gatsby believes that the past can be repeated. Is he right? I think he's not right. I don't think he's right I think you can try really hard. You can try really hard and you might get some of those um, nostalgic feelings. Like, nostalgia is a real thing, but you Mm -hmm. cannot repeat the past. Yes. You just can't. It's like a, like I said, it's a a slippery slope and he's just going to be running in circles. I think you can parallel the past, but you can't repeat it. No. He'll never, you'll never get back that time and you'll never, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to replicate it. Yeah. All right, last section. Uh, Just some final thoughts. Um, What character would you like to be friends with and why? And what character would you not want to be friends with? Um, Okay, I would not want to be friends with Myrtle. Fertile Myrtle <laughs> hooking up with a married man. I just right. find that. I And calling the house, really, that's to yes. just no. Myrtle needs to go away. Yes. We're bad at that. Um, but uh, the character that I would like to be friends with, um, I think that, I think that Nick would be kind of a, a fun, mm-hmm. I, you know, he might be kind of boring, though. But sometimes but that's what you need, like an honest He's along friend. for the ride. He's along for the ride. He's going to be honest and truthful with you. And yeah. I think he'll treat you right as a human being in mm-hmm. general. I don't think he'd ever, like, you know, I don't th- feel like you'd have to worry about not being able to trust him. Right. So I would be friends with Nick. I like You? That. So I would definitely not be friends with Tom at all. He's just, like, everything I read about him, I'm just, like, I just can't vibe with you. I just... There's just too many things that I'm like, I would get so upset at everything you say. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but on the flip side, uh, so like you have Myrtle and Nick, I have Tom, and then my person's Jordan. I would absolutely love to hang out with would Jordan. Would you really? She's my type of person, 100%. I could see that. She's just like, <laughs> you know, in it all, she's just like, just who she is, and she owns it, and I love it. She gets what she wants. She knows what she, she wants, does. and she goes and gets it. Yes. That's respectable. So, yeah. I'm very, very thoroughly want to hang out with Jordan. <laughs> like, every time she's in the book, I get excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, there she is. There yeah. she is. There's my the friend. Thing, I wouldn't like to play golf, though. I hate golf. I don't um, particularly like golf either. Um, You'd I'm have trying... to hang out after yeah. she's done whatever they... What's, the, like, the, the lingo? Like, she's done putting those uh, balls or, like, what's the... <laughs> She's she's done on the green. All right. She's See done. that sounds Hitting better. On the green sounds way yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and then final thoughts on Daisy. Um, I. I think that we should save this question. Okay. I feel like we should save this question for next week because I do have final thoughts on Daisy. Thoughts on Daisy yes. so far? Not a whole lot going on in her head. 
No. At the end of the book, I definitely have some thoughts on Daisy. Yeah. I really do. And I want to yes. share them now, but I will not. Don't. I would Thank say you. my thoughts on Daisy are we get a lot of, like, Gatsby in the beginning. We get a lot mm-hmm. of third-party information about Daisy. But nothing um, firsthand. But nothing firsthand except for that very small first chapter scene. And yep. like I said before, she's very aloof. She's very avoidant. Um, but she's also there for a good time. Yeah. So those are my last thoughts on Daisy for now. Um, no, I, I agree. Have other thoughts, but they're from like, <laughs> for, 10 years yeah. ago. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's the book, you guys, for the first four chapters. Um, yep. Thank you so much for sticking around this long and listening to us ramble our way through all four it's chapters. Been real. Uh, a lot of exposition to get through, but now we're in the meat of the book. So yes. stick around for well, next definitely time. Hit yeah. the good climax and the ending of the whole story. So I mean, yes, there's a the lot crescendo. to touch on. Yes. Yep. Yes. So I'm looking so, forward to make sure you read the rest of the book. It's not that long at all. Like mm-hmm. definitely get that in there. Maybe if you have any questions or you think of any cool comments or insights, send it into mm-hmm. us because we'd love yes. to hear that. Uh, and even if you have something interesting enough to share, uh, we might be able to share it in our podcast as well and discuss it. Yes. Yeah. So if you have questions, send them early because we do record early. So make sure you yes. get them to us early if you do have questions. And you can send yes. us those to us through our email at turnupthevolumes at gmail.com or on, you can DM us on any of our social medias on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Turn Up the Volumes, on all of those platforms. And uh, obviously we're reading 5 through 9 next time, which, guys, I cannot stress enough how exciting these last five chapters are. <laughs> so please, please, please read them. Please send your questions. Please tune in. And we will see you in the next one. All right, guys. Can't wait.